there's this misconception that being an artist isn't a legitimate career, but that couldn't be further from the truth. We witness it every day, especially with our local music scene here in the city. Every day we see talented individuals emerging as musicians and getting paid for it. And not to shameless plug, but you can see it for yourself every Thursday night with our free State of Sound sessions, but more information on our website at RadioMilwaukee.org. However, for those who wonder about the daily life of a musician, it might seem a bit abstract. You create music, share it with the world, go on tour and repeat the cycle. I mean, that's how I envisioned the job. And I never really thought about the day on day stress and realities musicians go through, especially when on tour. And then I came across a post on Instagram by Victoria Canal, who just recently did a studio session with us. I've been singing these songs all around on tour this year, and it's been really special to to see that um, I'm I'm not the only one going through this experience. And also, the coolest truth is, is that you can be hot and disabled at the same time. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, this song is called She Walks In and goes like this. She posted a Notes app confessional about touring and its impact on her mental health. And it was incredibly raw, honest, and detailed. Nine slides of the honest, harsh realities that touring musicians face, both physically and mentally. And what struck me even more was when Grace Weber, R&B singer, songwriter, producer from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, commented on her post saying, you hit the nail on the head, thanks for sharing. Say up with me Like we're the last and only in the whole world to sleep The sun is rising I feel like This led me to explore the comment section where hundreds of other musicians were sharing their struggles. I wanted to talk to Grace Weber to understand why this post resonated with her and to gain insight into the intricacies of being a musician. However, I'm not a musician. And I knew that I wouldn't add much value to the conversation on mental health as an artist. So I decided to approach Be Free, my coworker and multi-talented artist. In her own words, she's a musical Swiss army knife. Flutist, vocalist, pianist, songwriter, producer, and music creator. She will be taking over this episode of our Odd Jobs Focus Month and peel back the curtain on the unglamorous side of touring with Grace Weber. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fatayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. Okay. Brown cow. Brown cow. Brown cow. Oh, see, and as artists, we have to make sure we do all the warm-ups, right? So, Grace, what is good? Be free. 
Oh How my gosh, doing? I'm all right, and I feel like I've seen you more in the last like month than I have probably in the entire year. You have definitely been busy in Milwaukee. You know, I love it. I love seeing you. Uh, it's been <laughs> an amazing month. I'm yeah. so happy. So I know that we got the privilege of sitting down uh, right before your Milwaukee tour stop to talk about everything that was coming up and kind of touching base on your roots here in the city. But last night mm-hmm. was the night. And I was so grateful to have the opportunity to perform on the same stage as you. I mean, we've done it several times before, mm-hmm. but um, being there at the Paps and being there as a part of your big night uh, was such an honor. And thank you so much again for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. It was so fun. I mean, when the show got booked, literally, I was like, be freeze opening, Aww. period. And so that was really special to me that you opened and that we got to share that moment because, listen, yeah. we spent so much time together. Mm-hmm. We're besties now you mm-hmm. know but yeah you're amazing and i love your project thank you so, girl thank you girl <laughs> it was the perfect musical duo and I classic felt like killed it too. i was just yeah. about to say like even with classic on stage and then having my soul and wave Chappelle making the special performance it turned out to be like the super super milwaukee home show that everybody's been dreaming of and i really am happy that it came out that way um, our reason for being here is not just because, you know, we're talking about last night, but kind of touching upon all the stuff that's been going into what brought you here. Because I know that this was just one stop of many mm-hmm. that you've been on. And being a touring artist and being a performing artist, I know, comes with a lot of its ups and downs. And sometimes people don't get to see the full inside of that. I know that uh, we have a, a mutual contact uh, with Victoria Canal. Uh, she was a guest that you brought uh, to us in Music Lab uh, back in 2019. Yep, yep. Yeah, and she's still doing her thing, but also was really candid on her Instagram recently um, talking about just the trials and tribulations that touring life has on an artist's mental health and wellness, which I don't think a lot of people get to see that perspective. Um, I guess my first question would probably be, what about everything that she said initially resonated with you that made you feel seen in what she wrote or what she posted? You know, I think... One of the things that she brought up was just like the physical aspect that's so taxing. And I go always go into tour with this thought like, OK, I'm going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work out. I'm going to not eat fast food. Like, oh, really? I have this plan. <laughs> and then the plan crumbles like uh-huh. instantly because there's just no time. You know, you um, and you're exhausted. Like, yeah, you're on the road for six hours. You show up at three o'clock at the hotel. You have an hour to get ready and then you have soundtrack at four and you just like instantly kind of start feeling like in survival mode basically mm. instead of kind of like having time for health and personal wellness and all these things so mm-hmm. that can sometimes kind of like eat away at your mental health because you feel like first of all you let yourself down because you didn't do this plan of mm, like man. I'm gonna be healthy yeah and I think that For me, I actually went on like a mental health journey for this tour, starting out feeling very overwhelmed and kind of sad. And then that journey of figuring out how to deal with that Mm -hmm. left me at the end with like this lighthearted elation around touring and really feeling like, you know, understanding what matters. And I feel like you also have the advantage of having several vantage points of being a touring artist not just with putting on your own but you also tour with other artists on on shared bills as well and I'm just wondering do you feel that there's even more of an impact on touring life when it's your tour that you're organizing versus when you're joining somebody else in their outfit definitely yeah when it's your own tour you know first of all there's so much more pressure to sell tickets I Mm. think that's 
<laughs> what's tough too is like, you know, for me going into this tour a couple months ago, I was like, okay, I really want to sell this tour out. So then mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about promoting it like crazy, texting my friends, yeah. like begging <laughs> them to come, you know. Being like, a Mary Kay salesman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And just feeling like confident, like, okay, people bought tickets and they showed up. Yeah. And for me, like, it was not that. It was, okay, like, these shows are not selling out. We're selling less tickets than we thought. You know, how do I manage people's expectations on the team? Like, mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, I let my agent down. Like, mm. and struggling with kind of your worth in that and yeah. figuring out, like, okay, is this worth it? You know, mm-hmm. because we had 50 people at this show and what I came to learn on this tour was a big yes because of the interaction that you get with the fans. Yeah. And as cliche as that sounds, it really matters. Like, you know, I For got sure. a DM from someone after the show in New York and they were like, you know, I've been struggling a lot. My life is in pieces right now. And during that hour where, you know, we were making music and experiencing this show, I got to be in the moment and heal from what I'm going through. So, you know, it's that's what's the most important. But yeah, in the beginning of the tour, I felt like a loser. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, You're not. Thank for, you. For the record. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But it was definitely like after the first show, I was like, okay, I gotta switch my mindset. It's okay that these aren't sold out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay that the people who came I'm so grateful to them. Yeah. And they saying the words and they love the show and they're not thinking like, oh, there's not enough people here for me to have a good time. And mm-hmm. it actually, and again, like for the mental health aspect, I'm kind of grateful that the shows were not as packed as I thought they would be because it forced me to focus on what matters and it mm-hmm. forced me to go through this mental health journey of like, okay, let me not take this so seriously. Yeah. This is fun. You know, let's be lighthearted about it. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm grateful for that. And also people really need to understand that too. Like especially with you being like an independent artist, like you are the one that's orchestrating all of these things. And it does kind of feel like a blow to, to some degree when you're like, I put this much effort into something and I have a general expectation of the return. And mm-hmm. even though we try very hard to like, and the, the, what you said was true about like the general connections that you're making, the small connections is where it matters. But to some degree, we also have to, take on the emotional weight of that every single day and in every single city and every single stop that you're making and then you have to start it all over again and hype yourself up to get through it so it's it's a lot it's a it's a roller coaster I would imagine having to endure that every single time yeah and you're paying you know you're funding it too and so yeah that was the thing for this tour it's like if we can break even, that's the goal. And that's Mm -hmm. been the goal for me in all my tours so far. And I think that that's what I'm craving too, is like that feeling of, okay, I can make a living from this. Mm -hmm. And like all of the effort, you know, the the long drives and the exhaustion that me and my band feels, like that's another aspect of it too. My manager who is a saint and I love him so much, you know, he was the driver for the tour. Initially we were gonna have, you know, a driver, we had a trailer behind. We were going to do a sprinter van. Mm-hmm. We were going to have drums on the tour. We were going to have my buddy be sound. And then, you know, a month before, we were like, we can't afford this. Mm-hmm. You know, with the guarantees, the ticket sales, we were even like, should we cancel the tour oh, because no. of the ticket sales? And yeah. a lot of my friends, you know, they were canceling tours. I actually called my friend Braxton Cook. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
I need advice. Like, what are your ticket sales right now? Because I'm hearing that it's tough because everyone go, everyone's going on tour mm-hmm. after a long hiatus. Like, should I keep this tour? And yeah. he was like, yes. Like, for me, I was freaking out because the tour sales were not what we thought a couple weeks before. But the week of, two days before, day of, you know, that's when the people bought the tickets and that's when people came through. And so it's also a lot of faith of like, okay. Oh, we're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Like, we're gonna break even, and and and, you know, we could not tour without a sponsor. Yeah. And visit Milwaukee sponsoring the tour is the reason that we were able to do it. Um, and yeah, and part of it too, like, with the with stripping it down, you know, the tour costs like thirty grand Oof. to put on a tour, and that's yeah. just, that's like because of the hotels. Yeah. The, car the gas the rental of the equipment like the people that you're supporting that are supporting the tour yes the musicians and like it's it's a lot of money and so Mm -hmm. that also has this pressure of like oh my god like that's a scary amount of money yeah and a scary feeling of am i gonna am i gonna break even you know and will the venues be disappointed (laughs) like there's just Mm -hmm. there's so many things and and again like if you are promoting up to the day you know you're checking the morning of like, okay, what are the ticket sales? Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, let me picture what's the cap of the room. Okay, it's 200 cap. We have 100 people coming. Okay, cool. That's gonna feel full mm-hmm. enough, you know. But but making decisions that make it better is the key. When we decide, okay, let's just do piano and vocals, my and tracks. My drummer was like, let me record live drums so that you have live drums in your set mm-hmm. and you can put it in a speaker behind you and just put drums there. Mm-hmm. And so it sounded like we had a drummer. That's smart. And it was awesome. And, and the shows ended up being so intimate. Like I felt like it was um, very one-on-one with the audience. I was telling more stories. It was like more of a storytelling tour than mm-hmm. maybe this big doer with the full band. And it was amazing. And so yeah. I think that that was such a blessing in disguise. So it sounds like you kind of already have some general self help and some practices in place to kind of guide you through the challenges that this life brings along. Are there any other specific aspects that you feel you really hone in on, especially the day of, that you might want to be like, I need to go through this or I need to do this to make sure that I'm in the right headspace because once I'm on the stage, that's what I need to be focusing on. It's, uh, okay, I've done everything I can. Mm. You know, it's the people who show up are going to people who show up. Yeah. The amount of people are in the room, that's how, what it's going to be. But what I can control is how much fun I have on stage, mm-hmm. my interaction with people, um, the just uh, loving singing. Yeah. Like, you know, you get to perform in live settings not that often. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not like you're doing shows every night unless you're on Broadway, which also sounds very fun and very taxing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, take these moments. You know, I'm not going to be having shows for the next couple months. So like, why would I miss the opportunity to have fun? Coming up next, Be Free and Grace continue the conversation and talk about the extra added element of being a woman in the music industry And then they get candid about getting paid right after the break. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? 
Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. There were some shows where my body's like aching because I'm Mm -hmm. so tired. And being a woman, too, let me say. Yeah. If you are having premenstrual syndrome, Mm -hmm. which I was in the beginning of the tour, it's even harder because you're emotionally, hormonally. Yeah, it's on like, top of everything yes. else. And I had to tell my manager, like I knew that I was going to be going through, it was funny, a couple months ago or a month ago, you know, I looked up, if you're a woman, you know what I'm talking yes. about. You look up your like cycle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I saw like, okay, the first half of the tour, I'm going to be in my worst emotional state. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to physically feel horrible. Yeah, I'm going to like think that the world is ending. Like <laughs> and I told my manager, like, listen, I'm gonna be in this mindset. Mm-hmm. You might. I actually cried in the in the van. Uh, hey, <laughs> but everyone was so nice. I you mean, know, it's like I'm the only girl. My entire setup, like mm-hmm. all around me, is guys. But they're really nice about it, and I I can be honest. Like I told them, like, listen, I'm going through this right now. I'm okay. I'm really sensitive. Don't take it personally. And um, in a couple days, I'll feel better. And because they understood that, it made me feel so much better to be able to, um, yeah, not feel so like. Like I had to hide that. Yeah. I had to act like I was better than I was. Um, and they were they helped me, you know, it's like they gave me more time to get ready, like they mm-hmm. brought me tea. <laughs> like and so that's a whole other aspect of this as a woman. Speaking of which, um, being a woman in this industry is already difficult as it is. And I can only imagine how much added pressure it is being in this position, but I personally also resonate with the fact that people really don't understand how much of a challenge it is being a woman having to navigate that on top of everything that you're already dealing with because I feel like people don't take us seriously all the time. Because even if you're trying to express something as simple as like, oh, this is going on or like they not understand what it is and they don't care. Like it's, it's, I feel like sometimes I wish that I had a a double alter ego that was a guy (laughs) that would like just do the business part or speaking for me because I'm saying all the same things but it's not clicking or getting or resonating or being received well and that's frustrating even as far as like doing regular communications with venues I can imagine like I had to do all of my own stuff myself you know like so if I'm the one that's reaching out to places or I'm handling the back and forth sometimes I wonder like would we really be having all of this you know tug of war of things if I had somebody else speaking for me if you didn't know the fact that I was a black woman that's sitting here and representing all this by myself I know that that kind of works as a disadvantage of me sometimes so it's it's heavy I cry every day <laughs> I have to, I literally have to cry at least twice a day to keep my teeth white you know like, <laughs> like oh I got it no seriously because it's it's we we're already vessels we're already these emotional vessels because we're taking these stories that we created or that we're that we're singing and, and making music about not only internalizing them but we're also putting them out every night or every time when you go on stage or on your content and that's already a thing within itself so it, it's such an emotional job and, and taxingly emotional on your wellness and on your mentals when you are navigating that space on a regular basis. So we've talked a lot about the qualms. We've talked about a lot of the things that we've noticed that is wrong or unfair. (laughs) And a lot of this is not by choice. It's just kind of like forced upon us being in the positions that we are as artists, as women in the industry. Wondering if there are any initiatives or changes that you would like to see within the industry to promote mental well-being, not just within touring life, but in the industry as a whole. Yeah, um, gosh, there's so many layers to that because, Mm -hmm. 
Uh, someone commented on Victoria's post and she said, you know, one of the other issues is that in culture right now, because of streaming and what the labels have done, and even with Spotify, you know, now they're switching that if your song Ugh. doesn't get at least a thousand streams, Ugh. you don't get paid, which is like really depressing. It. You know yeah. what I mean? And it makes you feel like. And then what are you getting paid after that thousand streams? Because they were already divvying, they were already splitting pennies. Who ever thought of cutting a penny in half? Yes. It's like, like a little, you take a little penny and you cut it in for it. So, Ugh. you know, so she was saying, like, you feel like you don't have worth in the culture and in the in the industry Mm -hmm. and so that is taxing on your mental health because you kind of feel like okay like kind of that feeling of like is this worth it Mm -hmm. and again I'll say again yes because it comes down to the fans and to the people where your music helps their mental health that's Mm -hmm. the thing is like you get to help someone else's mental health is a is a gift yeah but um but yeah, the the whole aspect of of not feeling valued financially mm-hmm. is tough. You know what I mean? And um, I think also something that she said was like, you want to do all these things. You want to have the opportunities. You want to tour. You want to perform. And so you make sacrifices. Like, okay, well, they're not paying me for this. Yeah. But I want to do it. And so you're you feel guilty not taking the gig because mm-hmm. you're like okay, well, other people would be so, like, grateful to be in this position to be able to have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, okay, it's cool that I'm not getting paid. But then, because you're not getting paid, you feel a little bit like, okay, well, then this video has to get tons of views because I invested this money. And so there's just a lot of, there's a lot of layers in the industry. And to answer your question, I don't know what the answer is at all, but I do think this whole practice of, just accepting the reality of it is mm-hmm. one thing of the mental health for me that's like I can't control this right now but also just talking more about it which everybody is doing it'd be amazing if we all had a union actually I always think about Ooh. that like where musicians could just be like all right we're not going to put our stuff on mm-hmm. Spotify which I still think like if Taylor Swift or someone did do that it would really change the radicalizing game. Like, yeah which I don't even know if she can I don't know because with the label stuff but if there's mm-hmm. an independent artist that at some point is is huge, like Chance, you know, or or someone, which he did do that, where it's like, you know, he was putting out his music for free on SoundCloud, and mm-hmm. but um, I think it's going to take people, massive artists taking their music off of Spotify yeah. and other, in order for them to change their ways, because the thing is, is that you are me- meant to feel that like you wouldn't be here as an artist without Spotify. Yeah. But the reality is that Spotify wouldn't be here without you. Like mm-hmm. their product is the music. Yes. Their platform is music that you're making. And it's like, you know, uh oh, this is gonna be a random analogy. A bread factory yeah. wouldn't exist without the bread. Yeah. For <laughs> and sure. so like if you take away the bread, this is so random. But the factory doesn't <laughs> if you take exist. away the bread, you just got what? Wonder. What? <laughs> okay, now I'm very happy that I brought up that analogy because you just slam dunked that one. But yeah, so it's it's complicated, and at the end of the day, you also always feel like, oh, I don't want to complain. I think that also comes down to it too, because you're like, no, but I love this. I love this. I don't want you to think I don't love this, and I don't want you to think I'm not grateful. So then you kind of mm-hmm. are afraid to be vulnerable because mm-hmm. you don't want people to think that you're not grateful for. For the opportunities, I guess. 
You know, when I was first starting out, and I've been doing this for, I can, I've been doing this since I was like thirteen. We were, both of us actually, since we were like thirteen, fourteen. Mm-hmm. But as far as like sincerely within like the mainstream aspect or trying to uh, pursue that, but then a better part of the last like two decades, and I feel like people were starting to tell me, oh, you shouldn't really be complaining a lot. I see you on your on Twitter or Facebook, and you you say a lot of you have a lot of like bad things to say and there was this point in time in my career where I was nothing but peaches and rainbows you know (laughs) because I was like I don't want anybody to think that I'm not easy to work with or that I'm not approachable and then and that also comes along with being a woman because it's like if you're not fitting within this spectrum or image of of being likable or nice or whatever then people already are just putting you in this box of not to mess with but I did it for the longest time and it felt so incredibly stifling and especially as I got older and got further along in my career there's only so much you can hold on to so I slowly but surely just started like whatever I want to say whatever I need to say I'm just gonna say it and the music business has been a business since its existence but I would love it to just take it back to some kind of basics where the artist and their well-being and their art is the focal point. A hundred percent. I do. I feel that a lot. And I think, I think at the end of the day too, like the people who are in charge, you know, they have to be the ones to feel this in their heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying like, you know, I'm not going to judge the people for who they are or whatever, but it's like everything that you said of like, I wish that they could put the artist first and whatever, like they could, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, but they are also, you know, life is so chaotic. Things move so fast. And there's mm-hmm. this huge company and they need to pay salaries and they like yeah. are needing to pay the, you know, so-and-so for whatever. But the thing that always confuses me is like, why do you pay a salary to, you know, um, an A&R who like is amazing, but let's mm-hmm. say they're getting, I don't know, 50 grand a year or something or more. I have no, I literally have no clue. Maybe a <laughs> hundred grand. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's like they have a salary. More than us on Spotify, that's for sure. Yeah, it's like, so. but why do they get hired with a salary, but the artists get brought on with an advance? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you, like, almost hire the artist? Yeah. And be like, okay, we're going to give you this much a year. Here are the, you have to, you know, release this and this. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, that's what I have sort of-ish with The Orchard, who's my distributor. Mm-hmm. They, because I was on, I was on Capital, so I experienced what it was like to be on a major label, mm-hmm. and now I'm with The Orchard, which is an independent um, situation where I'm technically independent. I own all my masters, which allows Kudos. me. Yes. Thank you. I pick the date that I want to release stuff, which wasn't the case on Capital. You know, they were, they had control over the marketing and mm-hmm. and when things were going to come out and trying to you know time it with the other artists on the label and so you felt a little bit like helpless kind of like okay when are they going to tell me when I can release my art but in this sense like I get to make all these decisions um, and my team at the orchard they say we work for you Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like we're here to support you that's what's at the end of the day like you're your own independent label Mm -hmm. and we work for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like the liberating feeling and the confidence you feel and the self-worth is like okay cool like this is i feel i feel good about myself yeah just like if you get paid that's just the way the world is we live in a capitalist society okay (laughs) money you know that's how you live and Mm -hmm. if you 
don't get paid, you can feel kind of dumb. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's what I I just don't understand. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't you get hired yeah. in a way by the label? Yeah, I don't know. And then you'd have a job, and mm-hmm. if you don't do your job, they can fire you. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like it's not so, that yeah. Deep, it's sort it's, of. it's like this. It's already like. It exists, you know, it's already the infrastructure of the working world around us. So why couldn't it also be applicable to what we're doing here? Like, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And obviously it's still pro- like they invest in the product. They want to get a return. Like that is just like the reality of it because they need to make a return mm-hmm. off of, you know, investing into it. But um, it just seems like there could be a model that's yeah better, which is, again, which is why I'm happy that the orchard seems to be moving in that direction. And I mm-hmm. Literally could not be happier with the team there. They're so nice. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Kindness in the industry. Yes. When you meet people who are nice and just kind and like you said, like just like good hearted people from mm-hmm. the genuine the, folks. I don't know why just I'm latch turning. on to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like then you feel like, oh, this is great. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yes, layers, levels, mm-hmm. bread. <laughs> well, We've obviously, about a lot. <laughs> I feel like through all the muck, and you know, I think with anybody, like this is these struggles are not necessarily unique in the fact that we experience them, but they are unique in the fact that we're continuing to want to. <laughs> because, like, regardless of all of this, we both still very much know that music is who we are, is what we want to do, so we feel like we were meant to do. So, if you have any thoughts on folks who, whether it's thinking about music lab kids or anybody that's younger that wants to be an emerging artist that wants to follow these same paths are there any general tips that you can give them for maintaining their mental health while pursuing a career in music I was talking to a girl last night and she was with her parents and she was so sweet and she said how do you get started you know how do you do this I want to be a singer da 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 I said well first of all you just have to do it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like put yourself in positions to be there when lightning strikes like Mm -hmm. even you asking me like how do you do this like I'll follow you on Instagram and Mm -hmm. maybe like you'll post something that I love and then I'll share it and then maybe someone will see it and all of a sudden like this opportunity arises for you that would not have otherwise if you had not come up to me Mm -hmm. and that you know is equal to when I was in the studio with like the social experiment, like I asked if I could get on the mic and sing. Mm-hmm. And because you do things like that, which is kind of scary, but then that's how you put yourself in these positions to, again, be in moments where it can change your career. Mm-hmm. But her mom said, do you think it's important for her to have a plan B? Ooh. And I was like, you know, it's not plan A, plan B. That's not the way to think about it. That's it's, wonderful. It's plan B both yeah <laughs> like, it's playing everything yeah and it's, that's why i think the money aspect is important to talk about because yeah. if it's plan a and then you don't quote unquote make it which i also hate that phrase mm-hmm. so much because then it's so black and white like mm-hmm. you either made it or you didn't make it yeah. make it which is like not like what does that even mean was well how do you define what is the it, level you know? of you know if you're not like taylor swift does that mean you didn't make yeah. it like what's the metric for that um mm-hmm. but you know, but then knowing like, okay, but I might have to do something else in addition to yeah. this that helps me support my dream. And then you feel less pressure to um, to have everything happen with your career and that there's like this time limit on it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if I don't if I don't X, Y, Z of my dreams by the time I'm 25, then I have to give up and do plan B. Yeah. But if it's like, no, this is the journey. 
Plan mm-hmm. A, Plan B, Plan C, they're all just one life together. Mm-hmm. The alphabet, it's all oh, one plan thing. alphabet. And um, yeah, <laughs> I thought... How much does that cost? Like, someone T-Mobile. Told, T-Mobile. <laughs> when I was 25, oh my God, I thought like, if I don't make it, I had that thought, whatever that means, in the next two years, I am a failure. <laughs> like, And someone told me like, you might not like have the success that you want until you're like in your mid-30s. Uh-huh. And I remember being like... <laughs> You <laughs> like oh my god! If that's the case, like you know, but that's like, and that's that awesome here, thirty five. Like yeah. just starting to really like step into the places that I want to be, and so and that's also to, something. Not to mention too, like even as creatives, you haven't really lived life yet at twenty five. What are you supposed to sing about? What are you supposed to write about that has depth? At that age, it's only a cap of how many things you can really sing about. And I mm-hmm. feel and I hate the fact that I, I've, I've always bought into that, too. Unfortunately, I freaked out when I turned mm-hmm. 30 because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not famous yet. I'm not Beyonce. You know, it was mm-hmm. like because but that's just because that's what the industry like beats into you, like that you somehow lose relevance if you haven't achieved some level of notoriety by the time you get to the certain age. And it's such a daily battle with me. But the more I go through life and the more I go through this, I realize very much it is just not true. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about me trying to believe enough of that in myself so that I can kind of block out that outside noise. Because it's not going to stop it from being said to me. People are so surprised when they find out how old I am because I have such a youthful nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like, I'm like, I don't really think, and I, I'm, I try not to even highlight my age not so much as a matter of like hiding it but also I'm like why does it matter you know mm-hmm. like why how, why does how old I am matter with uh, did you agree with what I'm saying mm-hmm. did, did you resonate with what I'm singing about like mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, something that I'm doing that something that you enjoy and would that be how would that be altered or affected based on how young or how old you think I am you yeah. know so I love the fact that you said that because I feel like these kids need to know that there is no time limit on their journey and the end the journey is going to be peaks and valleys so mm-hmm. it's playing alphabet for show um and really just trusting that if you have a dream there's nothing wrong with you doing other things to bolster it or doing other things to support yourself while you're still trying to pursue what it was what it is that you want out of that dream and yeah. that's going to look different every year. It's going to look different over time. You're going to have maybe year 33 might be the best in your... Oh, my God. 2018 was a popping year for my career, mm-hmm. bro. Like, And I thought everything was going to be up from there. And then I was like, oh, here's some other stuff. Life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep life. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, you, you have to keep be ready to go with those twists and turns. Mm-hmm. 100%. This has been a beautiful space. You see what I did there? I see you. <laughs> I see you. A beautiful space with Grace. Thank you so much for <laughs> touching upon all of this and... And giving us the opportunity to really really pull back the veil as you said on all the things and ins and outs of music life and touring and beyond yeah thanks for having me of course hi i'm kim shine production manager at radio milwaukee thank you to our host salam fatayer Tariq moody our executive producer and brett kraskowski who is our web editor Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lar, our graphics and wonderful logo made by Aaron Bagata. Mallory Wallace is our community engagement and membership manager, and Dan Reiner and Darren Brewer handle our social media. A big thank you to City Loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Tuesday for our next episode. 